0: Empire Hello and welcome to my podcast Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Comic Report Wherever you get your podcasts, you watch it on YouTube Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button You can find us there as part of Empire Media That's A-M-P-I-R-E Always much appreciated when you tune in And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now on the whole what-if scenarios involving the quarterback position for this franchise, really since Robert Griffin III was here, and kind of how close they've come to finding a guy that they think can be a long-term solution. And now, of course, we all know there are people here who believe Sam Howell can be that guy, including players and coaches. And one of the little anecdotes I include in there is, uh, is something from from Charles Leno when we're sitting, and I think I talked about this the last podcast with Michael Phillips, but we're sitting where a couple of us were talking to him after the Dallas game. And like, you know, I asked him about, you know, has there been a regression here? Because this team was clearly expected to do much more. And yes, record wise, there's been a regression. And he said, well, yeah, in some ways there have been, but then he looked kind of pointed across the way to Howell's locker and said, that's a huge bleeping improvement, meaning Howell. And so, you know, and I know John Allen feels like they have their guy. So anyways, but, you know, it, whether it's Griffin's injury and whatever else happened, then Kirk Cousins not getting getting him signed, Alex Smith's injury, the two-point conversion against Miami, this team they play Sunday, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, go give that a read. And by the way, yes, um, had Joe Burrow, had they finished with the first pick in 2019, even though they had, or excuse me, 2020, even though they had um, Dwayne Haskins on the roster, they would have taken Burrow because that was the guy. Like if somehow Cincinnati didn't take him at number one and they took Chase Young, they'd have taken Burrow. The other quarterbacks, they weren't, They there was no unanim, unanimity on those guys. So that's, but with Burrow, there was. Anyway, that aside, go read that. So for today, usually this is the Keys and Predictions podcast, but I'm kind of scrapping that for now because does it matter with the keys or the predictions to a game that when they're four and eight and you're, you're certainly looking at teams that it's going to be a struggle to beat. So what I want to do today is kind of like a Friday thoughts kind of um, scenario and just give you some insight opinions or whatever on various things involving the commanders, what I'd like to see today for them moving forward and what things you need to see even Sunday. So, cause these games still matter, not so much from the, are they going to make the playoffs or not? but from a development of players for this franchise. While a lot of you would like to get a top five pick to get a better draft pick, first of all, a couple of things that hasn't guaranteed success here in the past and for or for a lot of teams. So it's not just about having, oh, a top five pick. You got to pick well. You got to pick guys who contribute and then stay. But you also then have to do, have a good draft class. So you could pick lower in the draft and still have a very good class and and without the top five picks, so it's not just about that. And to me, what it also reveals is perhaps you need a, lot, need a lot more than you realize if you're playing that poorly, then it's not just about one player. And, you know, if you wanted a quarterback, then clearly you'd like a top pick because there's better options up there. But as we've seen over the years, those top guys aren't always paying off. And so it's it's still a hit or miss at that position. <clears throat> but I get, you know, that the higher you are, the more talented guy you're going to get. Point is, it doesn't guarantee success, and it hasn't here in the past, um, and it it also reveals bigger holes. But, you know, so I think you would like to see some improvement, um, and, you know, maybe in an ideal world, certain young guys play well, and if they continue to lose and you get that high pick, well, then at least you say, well, this guy played well, not just how, but this guy, this guy, and that guy, and you can build off of that. Anyway, that's for, some of that stuff is for the future, but I just want to explain what I was doing. And I will throw a little prediction at the end there. And some of the stuff I'm going to talk about relates to Sunday as far as like changes you'd like to see. And um, so there you go. But I wanted to start off with um, Josh owner, Josh Harris spoke at sports business journal conference in Washington on Thursday. Nikki Javala from the post was there, wrote a story on what he set up on the stage and not, there was nothing revelatory. I mean, you know, the name, they're going to – they have other things to worry about right now. Stadium, it's still in the same process. That thing's going to take – that thing could the, – the earliest anything gets decided with the stadium is probably early summer. And there's a good chance that at this time next year – or there's a chance that at this time next year, we're still talking about where will the next stadium be because there's so much that is to be, to be determined – not just where, not just, oh, Congress is going to give the land back to D.C., therefore slam dunk, nope. And then you have jurisdiction, you know, what is Maryland going to do? What is Virginia going to do? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that could take a while. Um, anyways, but one of the things he did talk about, and this is where, you know, I think a separator between he and Dan Snyder goes to this quote. And he told he told the audience after a question, it's a long journey. There's no shortcuts to the top. There's shortcuts to the middle. You want to be eight and eight, I can get you there quickly. Eight, eight, and one. You want to be great, there are no shortcuts. They they've been in that eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven range for a long time. I mean, they haven't won double-digit games since Griffin's rookie year in 2012. They've stayed in that middle because of that exact philosophy that was here in the past. And it's why, you know, it's why I think there's should be optimism for the future, because that speaks to a patience and an understanding of how you need to build a roster. And I know it's different in the NBA, it's different in the NHL, but if you have that patience and that approach, I think that that's what can translate. The roster building is a little bit different. What you need is different. How you invest your resources is is different, but but your mentality is always the same. And it's why I always go back to, you don't want him making rash moves because while you may have felt good had they gotten rid of um, some coaches back in, you know, October after the third or fourth game, when you knew that it was going to go that bad. Right. And, you know, listen, we all see where it could probably go, but you don't want impetuous rash decisions because that's what then happens. It's not just that decision. Then it becomes this one and this one and this one, that stuff, that stuff adds up into a negative situation. And, you know, look at Carolina for a prime example, like that guy's changing all the time and it's not the guy you want to emulate. But, That approach, that quote, I think speaks to where Harris is at, how his approach is, and I think it's why they have a chance. But it's also, you know, it's also why this group had to show a lot more this year to to continue uh, because, and again, it wasn't about being 10, 11, and, you know, 10 and 7, 11 and 6 this year, but I think it had to show real progress to say, okay, you know, so Harris could say, I can be patient with this because I've seen this um, and, but anyways, I think going forward though, and if, if you're a coach or a GM, that's the kind of guy you want to work for. Cause you know, you're going to get a chance to have it play out. You know, it's kind of going to be like, cause some people will, will, will give that, will give lip service. They'll say, you know, Hey, we'll, you know, I'll give you this, I'll give you this. And then they get in there and they realize the guy was just saying that to get you in here. And I don't think with Harris that he's just saying it. certainly his, his history shows he's not just saying it. So I think there's, there's some, you know, if you're, again, a prospective coach or GM, this is the kind of guy you want to work for. And it's why I think this job will be attractive compared to some others. um, Even if the others may have a young quarterback who was a top pick in the draft. And, you know, because I just think you want to have, you want to know and trust the situation you're going into that you're going to have control, that you're going to have power and that you can make a play. Now, we've we've seen here in the past, like every team's going to get a coach. So it's not like Carolina is not going to get somebody, but the, but what attracts the, the higher level. And if you have a choice, would you choose this or that this or some other place? I think there's going to be a lot of people who would like to work here. And part of it goes back to what Harris said there, that he understands no shortcuts, that it does take time. doesn't mean you just get a free pass because you've got to produce, but it does mean that he's willing to, you know, understand your vision carry out that vision and let you let you carry out that vision and you're going to fail or succeed based on what you um how you see it now there's other people going to have say in here Eugene Shen the analytics guy I'm sure he's going to have a say in terms of roster building and one thing i would implore them to do going forward and i think they know this is that you have to hire people who have similar mindsets as you and so when it comes to analytics you shouldn't just make decisions based on analytics but if it's important here it better be it better be a fact it better be something that um whoever the coach or gm is also places some level of um whether it's importance or um you know uh, at least some level of importance to it and not you can't just use it to make every decision but if, it's a, if you can use it as one of the factors to make it and you understand that aspect, it makes it um, go more smoothly. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs Holiday Sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes, axe throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff. This year, give the gift of experience and adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings the perfect gift for families coworkers and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com/kind that's www.theadventurepark.com/kind and that's k e i n let's get to a few other things that I would like to see going forward it's going to be 1 2 let's go five things. So, you know, so five thoughts, Friday, five, Friday, five, how's that? There we go. That's it. So the number one thing is going forward, not just Sunday, but going forward is Eric Bieniemy's development as a play caller. And it's funny because I did ask him yesterday in the press conference about, you know, hey, this is your, you know, first year as a full-time guy calling plays, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, he, he said, it's my sixth year. Well, the reality is it's your first year as a full-time guy. But the point that he was making is, it's not like this is all new to him. He is—he's been a coordinator, so he's had to work on game plans. He's had to put all this stuff together. He's had to work with the staff. He's—he's he's called plays. But this is the first time where he's been the only guy calling plays. It's all on him. If it doesn't work in Kansas City, who are they going to blame or look at? Andy Reid. Here it's Eric Bieniemy. So there is a difference. And you know, when it's you, you don't have an offensive mastermind on the headset with you perhaps going, you know, maybe guiding you a certain way or taking over it when he needs to. So this is all on him, but how is he developing with it? And it's not just about, you know, the, well, the, this is a results-based business. So if you're getting 10 points a game and holding the ball for 37 minutes, that's not going to cut it. And that's what happened in Dallas. But if you're if you're being more productive and you're facing good defenses and you're competing with them. That's a good sign, the consistency of it. It's not just about, oh, run pass ratio. It's about quality of, of offense. And are you putting guys in the best spots? Can you? And it's not just about getting Terry McLaurin the ball, because you know, obviously you'd like to see him be able to contribute more, but it, this is about more than just one player, even though we know that what that one player can do. Um, but you know, it, sometimes you say, like, if you're should you always have to scheme for, for that? I don't know. And I, you know, that's a whole nother topic, but, and I'm not going down that road, but I, cause I agree, like you'd like to see McCorn get the ball more, but it goes beyond that here. And, and it's putting Sam Holland position for success. It's getting Brian Robinson a little bit more involved with a receiver as a runner, because he can, he has, been productive too so it's all of that it's not just you know it's Jahan Dotson you know that guy can be very good so I think it's a little bit more than just one guy but it's about the offense how is he developing with that and I also think some of that comes back to and he let me say this like I don't care what the relationship is with the players from a standpoint of are you be are you producing on the field or not and because that's going to be the ultimate decider here And, you know, we know that the enemy is tough, we know and he'll say he's not here to be your best friend, he's here to produce results. That's, that's what he's here for. And and it's kind of hard to argue that. Um, So I, you know, so What you need to see? You need to see consistency and production. And again, yes, you're facing hard defenses, but that's the NFL. If you want to put yourself in a spot going forward to have more success, that's what you need to do. And so, you know, I think he can help himself for the future as it, it takes a while as a play caller to find your own identity, to learn who you have, what you can do with that group for them to learn you, what they, what you're expecting from them, why you're calling it a certain way, et cetera. It does take time. And with this offense, you always knew it would because it's it was not set up for instant success. It just wasn't the, t- you know, they, young quarterback, one start offensive line that was, you know, was not going to be a strength to begin with and had four new star or four stars at new or new stars at four spots. And um, so it wasn't set up for success for him. So it was going to be a growing process. And if the defense had played better, they're six and six, right. Bottom line, at least six and six. So you know but i think and uh, but for for Biennale going forward if you want to con- if you want to put your your name in the ring somewhere right your name in the hat somewhere for a job whether it's as a coordinator if you don't want to stay here or a head coach whatever it's about production and can you get more from them going forward against some really good defenses and for those of you who want to stay here it's really that it's really going to be kind of simple it's going to be up to the new gm and coach to make that decision it's not going to be up to the owner i don't think the owner's going to sit here and say like oh we got to keep this guy because the offense was kind of middle of the road, right? And even though there was improvement, was it that enough to put that? Because then, who are you going to attract if you're if you want an offensive mind head coach? Then they're going to go with their offense and they're going to pick their a guy to handle their offense as a coordinator, maybe to help out. But typically, you could bring in an offensive mind head coach. They're calling plays and they're running the offense. And you know, now if you get a defensive guy. And they want to keep him. That's something else. But but this is a chance for Ben and against some really good defenses to make a strong case for himself, whether here, elsewhere, whatever. Um, and I think for those of you who want to see him stick around, that's what you need to hope is that he can get that done here. But again, then it comes down to: do you hire offense or defensive-minded head coach? Because again, offense—they're going to go with their guy. Period. They're going to go with themselves. They're not going to—they're not going to keep a holdover. Um, offensive coach when they're the guy being hired for their offensive mind. So, um, <clears throat> number two changes. What kind of changes could we see with Ron Rivera taking over on D? One thing that I'd like to see is less man coverage because it hasn't worked. So, look, look at this. They, they are, um, Miami is 26th in pass attempts against man coverage. So that's Sunday's opponent, obviously. This is kind of a little key, but like my, in the other words, people don't cover Miami with a lot of man coverage. Why? Because they're pretty talented. When you watch that offense, it's fun to watch. And you know, I'm, I like Mike McDaniel covered him here. Did not see him doing this. always thought he was very smart. Always heard how smart he was from others around him. Um, clearly had some personal issues that he had to tend to and he did. So, and that took a number of years for him to then do that and then turn himself into this kind of a coach. Anyways, what I really like is how they how they put stress on defenses and the way they use motion or movement to create positive, you know, positive situations for guys who are super talented, like Tariq Hill, Jalen Waddell. They use their speed, but they also threaten the defense and put them in an even better spot by how they use them. And that's what's fun to watch. It's the same thing that I've seen on defense from some other teams where it's like they have talent, but they're putting their talent in better spots because they're also trying to scheme them and fool you a little bit and get your eyes going around, and now you're creating an even better situation for your guy. When Miami just kind of runs basic stuff, they're a little bit easier to stop, but they don't run basic stuff a lot. They might run a handoff from under center, do this, do that. By and large, they are going to move guys. You're going to have Tyreek Hill lined up wide, and you're going to run a tight tunnel screen to him with him coming back inside it allows the lineman to get out there in front and just, and create situations for him. So in other words, don't play man against them. You don't have to, this is not what you do well. So here's why too. Washington has played this season, according to our, our ESPN stats, you know, take it for what it's worth. Cause I don't know, you know, sometimes like anyways, let me say this, they, they're qualifying everything the same way. So Washington has played the eighth most times, eighth most, snaps in man coverage they've allowed 16 touchdowns in man coverage at second most in the nfl second most yards per attempt um last five games fourth fourth most times playing man fourth most snaps out of man nine touchdowns and 90 pass attempts in those in that in those last four games so in other words one out of every 10 touchdown or one out of every 10 passes against their man coverage has been resulting in a touchdown now By comparison, Dallas in that same stretch, so it's five games, 124 snaps in man, seven touchdowns. So you see how bad it is. So please don't play, man. And I think, you know, it just, it hasn't worked. And and part of the reason they were playing a little bit more, man, was because the zone match wasn't working as well. So you had to do something a little bit different, but it just had, they don't have the corners who are matching up as well in that situation across the board. And I think that, you know, it, it makes it tougher. So you can mix it in a little bit because you you kind of have to. <clears throat> you want to play some different styles of coverages just to keep them off balance a little bit. But man coverage hasn't been working. Again, <clears throat> I think the disappointing part is that the zone match hasn't been working. That's where you get back to, can you simplify things a little bit? You can't be simple on D, but you can pare down on D and maybe make it a little bit more helpful for guys when they're in coverage to know when this happens we're doing this we're not there's not a subset of things that could happen because that's a lot of times what happens is you get that and then something else bad happens because not everybody gets the same message not everybody sees the same way next thing you know it it's, excuse me it's a wide open wide open guy and um you know it's a touchdown so you want to try and avoid that so again less man will that be a difference now the other thing you'd like to see is a little bit more movement up front You know, they have some athletic guys on those end. They're not as athletic as Chase Young, Montez Sweat. But Casey Tuhill has athleticism. Andre Jones has athleticism. Don't just have them rush upfield. Now, Jones ran a stunt inside last week, Had got some pressure on it. But use some of that athleticism, for God's sake, right? You know, because you see other teams doing it all the time, and you just see four guys rushing forward 90% of the time, and it doesn't work. So create a little bit of hesitation. Now, the problem is this week – Tua Tagovailoa gets rid of the ball as fast as any quarterback in the NFL. <clears throat> so excuse me. So it's hard to then run stunts and all that when you know the ball's coming out in 2.3. You're just you're not able to get there. That's where the coverage has to hold up a little bit more on the other end to give them that time. But Tua gets rid of the ball so fast that it's hard to do that. Anyway, still would like to see less man, a little bit more movement up front, and and you know just see if you can create some situations that are beneficial for you D because it hasn't happened all year. The other thing I'd like to see is, you know, Sam Howe going forward. What do you want to see? More cons- – just the consistency. Because <clears throat> this is a big stretch for him. It's not – all these guys are auditioning for jobs for whether – whoever's here next year. Now, you know, we know, like, if there's somehow some miracle, they win the next five games, they keep the staff. Well, then Sam Howe's a guy. But Howe's also playing for the next coach right now if that doesn't happen. So you have to convince not just this staff or this fan base, but whoever's going to come in next, like, okay, I see the signs that this kid can do it. Now, I can sit here and tell you I would build around him. You know, you might build around him. But would the next coach and GM feel the same way, especially if that goes back to that top pick? If you have a top five pick and another one of those top quarterbacks is sitting there, you have a chance to go get him, what do you do? Do you stick with Sam? Do you go with this guy? And, you know, that's, you know, again, that's a debate that they're going to have a lot of the year or in the off season because it's, it could be a real one. And so how needs to convince whomever that he's worth that. And yes, he should absolutely be the guy coming back. So how do you do that? Cause you are facing good defenses, but this is the NFL. If you really want to learn about a guy, you want to learn about him in these kind of situations. Doesn't mean that he's got to put up 300 yards and four touchdowns every game but it's about how does he handle the situation? What kind of decisions is he making? Is he, you know, how is he handling the, the, you know, being under duress again, you know, because Miami does have a good pass rush. They had seven sacks last week. I think it's 38 for the season. So they have a good pass rush. So, and chances are, you're going to be behind this game. How does he handle that? It's not just, again, it's not just like, you know, you can, you can still have moments where even if it doesn't look great on paper, but you can see the film and say, I like what I saw here. There was toughness here, good decision here. Guy not getting open over here, drop pass, whatever it is. Make good decisions, be consistent, and, and I think you know, getting rid of the ball on time and rhythm, those kind of things will go a long way. How, you know, can you tell what or how he's handling pre-snap reads to kind of cut down and maybe help him get rid of the ball quick? Going through his progressions, all those kind of things will help another staff realize what they have in this kid and again i would have no problem doing that if they go that way but if you have a new staff and you have a chance for one of those top guys they're certainly going to look at it so he needs to convince them that he should be the guy and you know and i wouldn't say like i said i mean i wouldn't say like you shouldn't be disqualified they have bad games because i don't think it's all on him but you want to see can he keep them competitive like he goes out there and they lose 31 to 28 on Sunday, you'll be pretty happy because he probably would have had a really good game. And that goes a long way for narrative, you know, for someone looking to say, I really like this kid. You can, you can build around him, get some tackles in here, get another receiver in here, get a tight end in here and build around this kid. And, you know, it's funny because I know that if this staff came back, someone told me like they'd like to get draft three offensive linemen this year, but regardless of who's here, that's going to be something that happens. So build around him. And can you do that? Or if he doesn't show you that enough, if he kind of leaves it on that, well, I'm not sure because of this, then you're going to look at a lot of other options. And that may not be the road where everybody wants to go. But I think you have to keep everything open at this point. Because I was talking to someone else the other day. They haven't had a quarterback in a long, long time. Until you get that guy, you're always going to be looking to upgrade. So he might think he's here. But if you have a guy that you can think get to up to here or get a little bit higher, you're going to look at that guy. So how can make it can help himself with a strong finish and, 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 you know, convince someone else that's not here yet that he should be the guy. Then, then the last one is what else would you like to see? Some young guys. Are there young guys that you say, let's see this guy get a shot. Is it a Mason Brooks? Is it Jabril Cox? <clears throat> guys like that. Because really there aren't a lot of guys that aren't playing yet. KJ Henry's playing. Andre Jones is playing. Are they going to show enough to not... I don't... I, I, right now, you. Sure, I don't look at those guys as a future starters. Can they be solid backups? Because they left themselves in a bad spot with, with this defensive end rotation where you had four guys. Actually five, because FA Obato was one too. They had five guys at defensive end who were going to be free agents this year. That's really hard. That's a hard way to build a roster because now it's like, what do you do? And clearly two of them are already gone. And, you know, are you going to, you know, what, what do you think of Casey Hill, James With williams going forward? You know, can KJ Henry be a guy who can be a rotational guy? Same with Andre Jones. What are they showing? How would they fit in a new system if when we get to that point? But so is are there guys that are still not playing? So you look at Brooks, you look at Cox. Well, Mason Brooks had one one or two really good days early in training camp, and that then that was from that point on, he looked like a guy who's like, okay, he's going to be on the practice squad. So I don't know where he's at right now. <clears throat> Would he warn a spot? Like what I do know is that they're going to have to fix that left guard position, and I you know I don't know that you have that guy here now. I think if I'm drafting, I'm going to certainly look at a guard for sure, a tackle as well. So, you know, but is that a guy? So I don't know that he's necessarily a guy that you, that's going to elevate at any point. Um, but you know, I, would you like to see him? Sure. Just, just because, but on the other hand, um, when we saw him this summer, after the, some of those early days, I don't feel like it was a situation like, Oh my gosh, I do think that he's a guy that's worth developing. And that's why, you know, it'll be interesting to see him some point over the next five weeks. And then Cox, you know, I know a lot of you guys really want to see him. I know the athleticism. I know the test scores. It is funny because we were talking with a couple of players yesterday in the locker room about like 40 yard dash times, combine times and how much those guys pay attention to it. And the answer is very little because one thing and this was with Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, and Samuel's like, you put on the film. Does a guy play fast? Cause there are guys who time slow, who play fast and there are guys who time fast and play slow. Cause it's really about how it's about your processing speed on the field. What are you seeing? How are you processing it? How are you moving? It's never about the 40 time. I even asked, "Was well, is there like the three cone drill? This thing and that thing It's like, so put on the film. And so, but anyways, and I only say that to say like with Cox, I don't know. Would I like to see him? Yeah. And I know he's playing special teams right now. I I would like to see what he could do as well. But I also know I'm not going to assume just because he had this, this, and this time that it's going to translate right now in the NFL because it didn't in Dallas and you know the ACL. Um, and so how much is that impacting his game? But he but having said that, he is a guy that, like, yeah, I'd be curious to see him as well. But you know, I don't think they're going to play guys just to play them because that's you know, you want to play guys that you think have a chance to be here in the future, whether it's with you or someone else. And then with Benjamin St. Juice, I'd like to see him have a strong finish. Because if not, does that put another, another need on the board that you really didn't anticipate at the beginning of the year? Again, regardless of who comes in here, does that, does that put another need on there? You know, because you, you know, Forbes hasn't shown that he can be the guy for sure. Does he have some traits that you could say, yeah, this can still be developed? Absolutely. But has he shown for sure that he could be the guy? No, he hasn't. And you know, Saint Juice has had a tough year. So can he? Can he have a strong finish? Um, I also like. I also want to see more of Quan Martin, but I think we're going to because he was playing in the slot last week, I thought he did. I think he's doing a nice job there. I think he's shown some things where it's like, yeah, he still has a ways to go. But I think he's shown at least that, okay, you know, could he be part of their future? That's what we also need to see um, moving forward. Because again, if not, now you're putting another need on that list. And they have a growing list of them. And which is okay, because I go back to the Josh Harris quote, which is, it's a journey. And so, you know, if that if that journey starts at their four and thirteen, five and twelve, and they have the high pick, well, that's where the journey for Harris really begins because it well, actually for him, it begins as soon as that season's over. What what are your decisions and who are you hiring? And you know, what does what moves are you making? And and then then the process really, really begins in earnest because now this becomes All of his, regardless of who's in charge, regardless of who he brings on, what decisions he makes, it's now his thing. And now the the process goes forward. And that's where the long journey begins. But anyway, I don't know. Does that all make sense? I hope it does. Anyway, that's it for me now. Oh, one last thing. I will make a prediction because let's continue with that. Um, Why not? And a lot of the stuff that I just talked about will apply for Sunday, but also beyond. Um, But as far as prediction goes, Let's go 3120. Um, Dolphins are two are really explosive. And what I'd really like to see is just a strong showing by the offense because I think it's just going to be hard with this defense against this group to really show a lot and against the Dolphins defense. And they they've actually done a pretty good job against the run lately. So it's not as simple as, oh, just run the ball, control the clock. I agree with what Bienneme said on Thursday. It's not just you, you have to produce. Points. They held the ball for 37 minutes against Dallas, kept Dallas off the field. Dallas scored 38 points on offense, and Washington scored 10. You have to convert. That's the only way you win the. You can't. It's not just about. It's not playing keep away. Miami can score in one play with Tariq Hill. So who the hell cares if you control it for 12 minutes, get a field goal? They could score in one and lead seven to three. So what? To, so you've got to convert, and that's one of the things for how. How are you doing in the red zone area? In the scoring in the green area, the red zone, etc. So that's what I want to see more than anything. And if they win, that's for for you guys. It's a it's it, that's great bonus. But for me, I want to see just like where is the, this offense going, and and how do they compete? And if they can keep it close, then that's then that's a good sign for moving forward. Anyway, that's it from me. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'll be back after the game, wrapping up the Dolphins Commanders. A lot of thoughts after that one. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you appreciate the new Friday podcast. Talk to you next time.